Welcome back to episode 71 of Sporting Max. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link, connecting you and your business with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Please welcome number 71. He's a Richmond Tigers legend. He's been working with Channel 7, our AFL commentating. He's a media star. Um, he's kicked over 800 goals in his career. Matthew Richardson. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. Today, we are joined by Richmond Tigers legend, AFL legend, and sports media icon, Matthew Richardson. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Uh, it's an honour to have you on. How you going? Good, thanks, Max. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And you're looking very sharp, mate, in the show. <laughs> Thank <there>. you. <laughs> um, it's greatly appreciated for you to, you know, put aside some of your time, come on and have a chat. Um, I'd like to start off by getting into sort of your childhood and what growing up was like for you in, I believe it was Devonport, Tasmania. Yeah, that's right, mate. Devonport, Tasmania, which was which is for those who don't know, and a lot of people probably don't, uh, which is on the northwest coast of Tasmania, a little town, population of about thirty thousand people, but a footy mad town. It's mm-hmm. uh, it really is AFL heartland down in that area of uh, the northwest of Tasmania. So yeah, I grew up there, Max in the early 80s, sort of when I was coming through <laughs> coming through primary school, um, long before the internet and all of this sort of stuff. So, yeah, grew up in an Aussie uh, rules area. Um, obviously, in summer, we played a lot of cricket, a little bit of basketball as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, footy was uh, always the, the thing for me. What was your greatest skill as a junior? Gee, that's a, that's a good question, Max. Uh, I think my marking has always been my, my strong point. If, if I look mm-hmm. at my football career, um, I guess I always had long arms, um, which helps if you want to be a marking <laughs> player. You know, they, they always say when you put your arms out, you know, your wingspan is your height. Mm-hmm. And my wingspan is, is a little bit taller than, wow. uh, than my height. So I think I always had that reach advantage, mm-hmm. um, even as a junior. So even when I was out of position, maybe uh, I was mm-hmm. still able to take marks. So, yeah, that was probably my strong point, mate. Um, can you sort of guide me through um, your path to the AFL and I guess what the AFL draft process was like for you? Yeah, a little bit different to today, Max. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was a father-son selection, but if we go back yeah. before that, um, I played all of my junior football uh, in the Devonport uh, area, obviously. I played uh, school football for St. Brendan, uh, St. Brendan Shaw College, which mm-hmm. is in Devonport. Then uh, I played under-17 football at the East Devonport Football Club. Uh, then I moved across the river to the uh, Devonport Football Club, which was in the statewide league. Uh, East Devonport were in the Northwest League. So I moved to uh, Devonport because that was going to give me the better opportunity to um, move into the AFL. Uh, and then I was picked up by Richmond under the father and son rule uh, in, uh, in 1992. I wasn't actually a selection in the draft. It was actually a pre-draft signing, um, a father-son signing. They actually changed the rule the next year and you actually became mm-hmm. one of the draft selections. But I actually signed up with Richmond before that draft. I was already mm-hmm. living in Melbourne before the draft took place. So I felt like it gave me a little bit of a head start on everyone else. I was settled in and I was ready <laughs> to go. What was it like as a kid growing up um, with your dad? Who's, and how do you think that's impacted you um, as a footballer and a person growing up with, you know, an ex-AFL player? Look, I didn't feel any pressure, Max. My, my father wasn't someone that put a lot of pressure on me, he encouraged me to, to play football, but he encouraged me to play, you know, a lot of other sports as well. And um, I never felt any pressure to follow in his footsteps, which is a good thing because 
Um, you know, I guess a lot of father-son selections do feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think probably being out of Victoria, uh, living in Tasmania, that probably helped the media landscape. Probably not, uh, you know, not as much scrutiny down there. Mm -hmm. So I was able to just develop without having any pressure put on me. And then when I arrived at Richmond, if anything, being a father and son at Richmond, I, I think it helped me settle in better. You know, mm -hmm. I rolled up at the club day one, Max, and, you know, there were, there were trainers that were still there from dad's day back in the 1960s. Um, and a lot of people associated with the club were still around that knew dad. So they made me feel so welcome. So if anything, uh, you know, it wasn't a burden for me. It actually helped me. How did you go settling in Tigers in that first preseason for you? Yeah, I was pretty quiet. You know, I didn't say too much, Max. Mm. It was the old school philosophy of, you know, put your head down and your bum up, as they say. And I just, uh, you know, soaked it all in. I, I, mm. I pretty quickly learned who the best trainers are. Mm. And if I, could give any, if I could give any young kids a bit of advice, Max, is you follow the best trainers. And I, pretty, mm. I worked out pretty quickly that guys like Craig Lambert and Matthew Knights and Wayne Campbell they trained, you know, to an elite standard. And I thought, wow, this is what I've got to do. You know, if I want to play footy at the highest level, I've got to be able to do what these guys do. So, yeah, I tacked onto the back of them and, and tried my hardest. And, you know, I, I think I worked pretty hard in my first preseason and got pretty fit. And uh, lucky, luckily enough, I played pretty early in the next year. Can you elaborate uh, on your AFL debut? Yeah, 1993, round seven against the St Kilda Football Club at the MCG. Um, I ended up playing on a guy called Danny Frawley that day. Yep, Spud. Um, yeah, Spud. You'd know Spud well, Max. A yeah, great, of course. A, I'm a Saints fan, mate. A Saints man. <laughs> yeah, Saints man. Well, you know Spud. Spud's yeah. an absolute legend of the St Kilda Footy Club and, and mm -hmm. rest his uh, soul. We, we miss Spud dearly. Mm. Yeah, but I played on Spud that day. We had a pretty bad year, the Tigers. We only won four games that year, wow. Max. So, But we won that day against your team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought I played okay. I think I had 19 touches and oh. I, I managed to kick a goal. Um, and on that day, a teammate of mine, Duncan Kellaway, made his debut as well. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to debut with um, another young player and sing the song at the end of the game. I think, you know, you know, we only won another two or three games that year. So it was a pretty lean year. Well, I don't think any debutants are going to get 19 touches at a goal in their first game, don't you reckon? Quite a bit These of wobble days. about me, Max. Yeah. I was pretty happy with myself afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah it was nice to get a few kicks and um, I managed to hold my place in the team for the rest of the year. And, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, for, for a debut season, um, looking back now, it, it was probably a pretty good debut season. Um, so how do you look back? Um, you know, at Richmond, you know, you mentioned um, winning sort of only a handful of games or less than a handful of games um, in that 1993 season. And then you look to them now, where they've won three premierships in the space of four years, um, I think every second year. Yeah. What's that like for you to watch the evolution of Richmond? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, I, I grew up a Richmond supporter, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I went through all of those lean years like the Richmond Army, the Tiger Army did. So even when I was playing, you know, look, we weren't hopeless. You know, we, mm -hmm. finished, yeah, we had a couple of years where we finished down the bottom, but... More often than not, we were mid-table. I think we finished uh, ninth five or six times in, in my career, you know. So yeah. you look at it now, you finish ninth, uh, that means you're winning at least 50% of your games, right? Yeah. You look at American sport, if you, if you go above 500, they call it in American sport, you've actually had a winning season. And that yeah. in America, they say that's that's a good season. Whereas I think here, 
you know, if you don't win the grand final, you don't get a lot of credit uh, any teams uh, sort of after that. So, yeah, look, we had some good years, but we couldn't quite get it done. Uh, we played two prelim finals in my time, 95 and 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but never could quite get it done. So I guess, you know, in my own mind, I probably thought, geez, I don't think Richmond are ever going to win a grand final. I'd, sort <laughs> of give, I'd given up on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when it happened out of the blue in 2017, um, it was fantastic, and uh, yeah, I've enjoyed watching these guys play. Um, I think you suffered an ACL injury a few seasons later. Can you take me through that? Yeah, I did. I had an ACL injury round nine in 1995 up at the yeah. Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, that was really, really disappointing because we we had a really good start to the year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, going into that game in round nine, we'd only lost one game. We were sitting in the top two on the ladder. Um, you know, we had a young team. We had an exciting team. We had a, a coach that really encouraged, you know, us to take the game on, um, you know, and he, he he made you feel good about yourself, John Northey, who was our coach. And I think a lot of the modern coaches now, that's what they do. You know, they they coach to your strengths. You know, they they, they make you feel good. They don't beat you down, which is probably yep. probably in my early years, a lot of coaching was about, you know, you know, really hard taskmasters <laughs> and taskmasters and they'd, they'd knock you down. So John built you up, made you feel good. We were young. Um, so to do my knee uh, that year was disappointing. But at the same mm-hmm. time, Max, I was only 20. And yeah. I, I just thought, oh, we're going to play finals next year, yeah. year <laughs> after the year after that. As you know, mate, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, you know. Just because yeah. you play finals one year doesn't mean you will the next. And, yeah, so I missed out on the finals that year. And we didn't play finals again until 2001. Now, 96, uh, I think it was, you kicked 91 goals in that season. What did that mean to you to... Um, to, to, you know, come back and kick 91 goals after um, an ACL injury? Look, I didn't think a lot about it at the time, Max. When you're young, you just you just go about your business and mm-hmm. you don't really think about sort of the impact that it can have. But um, I guess now in hindsight and, and having a bit more wisdom and having watched a lot of football and, and watched a lot of guys come back from knee injuries, it's not easy. So mm-hmm. um, I guess now looking back at it, I feel pretty proud that I was able to come back um, you know, after doing it in round nine, I played every game the next year mm-hmm. and, and was able to have a, a pretty good year. So um, I guess you've got to give a lot of credit to the, the fitness and medical staff around the Richmond Footy Club at the time. You know, they put me through a pretty stringent rehab program. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of hard yards put in. So um, to, to be able to play well the next year, it, it, it says a lot about the program that they had. I think it was 2004, um, you stepped down from the leadership group at Richmond. How did you make that decision? Oh, look, I, I guess I was turning 30 um, at the time, Max. Uh, look, I felt like the, you know, the way I trained and prepared myself, I was, I was going to be a leader anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and turning 30 um, with some other younger you know, guys coming into that leadership group, I thought it was their turn. I probably mm-hmm. thought at the time I was too old to sort of take over, you know, the captaincy position at that age. Um, and I think I just needed to focus on what I was doing out on the ground. In saying that, I, I still thought I was a leader anyway, so I don't think it really mattered too much whether mm-hmm. I was an official um, leader. Yeah. Um, then kicking um, a career-best 10 goals in a game against the Western Bulldogs in that 2004 season, um, how did that game play out? Yeah, look, it's just one of those days, I guess. I mean... 
you, you speak to footballers, you, you play a lot of footy, you're going to have a day every now and then when everything seems to go right for you. And uh, I guess that day was one of those for me. Um, you know, our midfield was able to, you know, find a little bit of space. Um, there was a bit of space inside Ford 50. It was before we had team. Well, it wasn't before flooding, but it, mm -hmm. was, it wasn't like it is now. You didn't have the numbers back that yeah. you do now. I mean, the Fords now have to contend with that zoning defence and, you know, the intercept defence is so well mm -hmm. um, drilled now, which it probably wasn't that good back in 2004. So you had really good leading lanes to come up into. You know, I was one out at times inside 50. So if you're, <laughs> if you're any good and you're one out, you should be able to um, kick a few goals. And, yeah, it was just one of those days for me. In 2007, um, I've read that at the Dreamtime at the G game, you played uh, with a fractured eye socket and a broken nose, then kicking four goals still um, with those injuries. What was, you know, playing in, you know, a fantastic game with an injury like? Yeah, it was an interesting week. I did, I did have a small crack in my eye socket, but you know, when you say that, say it like you just did a fractured eye socket, yeah. it sounds bad, doesn't <laughs> sounds it? Sounds a bit worse, yeah. It sounds a bit worse than it really was, mate. And you and you you read it in the paper, and there's a bit of mayonnaise put on it. Look, I did have a small crack in my eye socket. You know, I did have a a large cut above my eye, but I was good to go. I mean, mm -hmm. there was no. Um, probably now, I probably wouldn't have played because if you get a hit in the yeah. head like that now, you're done. We know that, you know, you've got to have a week off. But mm -hmm. I didn't really have any concussion symptoms after the week before. In fact, I didn't have any. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did have a, a, a cut and a little crack, but I felt good. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like it was going to inhibit me. Obviously, we've tightened up on that a little bit now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there were, I was good to go. There was no reason why I couldn't play that game. So how do you think with, like, concussion injuries and things like that from someone like, say, Paddy McCartan, who, you know, he's come back from concussion yeah. injuries so many times and in preseason and first game back, I think it's happened three or maybe yeah. five times to him. He's just got knocked straight to the head. How do you think that's impacted the current game now and how, um, I guess, clubs and the AFL view the perspective of a concussion? Yeah, very good question, Max. And I think we've learned a lot over the last 10 to 12 years with concussions, you know, and we've seen a... You know what happened with the NFL? There was some, you know, some some real tragedies over there in American football. Obviously, their game, you know, mm -hmm. has a lot of concussions, and that they've had some, you know, big lawsuits that have come from that with players. And yeah, and, you know, the, the, I guess the medical technology has improved so much with the imagery they can do now of your brain, and they can see the damage that's been done. So we've learned a lot. Um, I think we now know that you, you know, if you hit someone in the head, whether it's an accident or it's not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just we can't put up with it in the game. The head's got to be protected. We know that now. We know mm -hmm. the damage it can do. And in hindsight, it, it's easy to say that at, at times. You know, I, I feel for some of the past players, we just didn't have the the know-how to probably yep. pick up these, these symptoms that we now can. So I think the game uh, is a lot cleaner now. I think it's been cleaned up. We know you can't go near the head. Mm -hmm. um, so I think hopefully in the future, we're not going to have issues with um, any players having long-term effects from concussion like perhaps players did in the past. Um, now, winning your first club best and fairest, how did it feel to be recognised after the work in the season you put in, um, in behind the scenes and on field? Look, you don't, you don't play football for individual awards. Yeah, plays, you, know, yeah. you, you play to win premierships, obviously, but... Um, look, it, it is nice at the end of the day if you have a good season. I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't happy to yeah. win. <laughs> no, I, Jack, the Jack Dyer medal, 
the name Jack Dyer is is synonymous with Richmond. He's the, probably the you know the biggest legend in the club's history, along with Kevin mm. Bartlett and and probably Dustin Martin. Now they're probably yeah. on the, they're probably on the podium if you look at Tiger legends. So um, yeah, to win a Jack Dyer medal was nice. And moving um, positions in two thousand eight to the wing, how did um, how did you find you know adjusting to a different sort of position? And do you think that allowed you um, to contribute? or play a greater part in the game? Uh, look, at the time, I didn't really know how it was going to go. I mean, I was 34 at the time. Uh, I was slowing down. I didn't have the leg speed that I may have had in the past. Mm-hmm. So when I got asked to play up there by Terry Wallace, I was a bit hesitant. I thought, gee, this could be the end of me, actually. I mean, yeah. he wants me out of the forward line. <laughs> if I don't get a kick on the wing. What do mm-hmm. I do next, Max? So, um, look, I was lucky enough that it worked out. And what I did find was going up onto the wing, I had a little bit more freedom. You know, you, yeah. your opponent probably doesn't play on you as closely as they do uh, when you're playing as a forward. So I had yeah. a bit of freedom um, and it went well. And that was basically my last year. I only played five games the next year and injured mm-hmm. my hamstring and that was the end of it. So it was a memorable uh, time, I guess. Well, in round six, 2009, I want to touch on this sort of briefly. You At the SCG where you did... Um, your ACL, I think it was, you kicked your 800th goal. What were those uh, moments like? Yeah, look, that was my last game. So mm-hmm. I, I did go into that game. I, I had hamstring tendonitis. I was really mm-hmm. struggling. Um, looking back now, I probably shouldn't have played. I probably should have mm-hmm. had some time off and tried to get it right. But I think in the back of my mind, I knew I was done. You know, I knew yeah. my body was starting to fail me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just couldn't couldn't do what I wanted to. And I went out there and in the first sort of five minutes of the game, I came out on a lead. I was mm-hmm. playing on Lewis Roberts Thompson and I felt my hammy go. I felt oh. uh, real, it was like, bang, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in trouble here. Um, and the runner came out and I sort of didn't want to admit that I was gone. I sort of mm-hmm. leaned back to the goal square and I said to the runner, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> ball, the ball kept coming in and I just couldn't move. Mm-hmm. So, Lewis Roberts Thompson got a couple of kicks and uh, the message came out, come on, mate, you, you got to do something, you know, or you yeah. got to come off. I said, all right. But I knew I was on 799 goals, Max. So mm-hmm. I thought I need one more goal here because I think I knew, retire, yeah. I think I knew I was done. I think yeah. I knew I was going to need surgery. And luckily enough, a fluky ball came my way. It got turned over in the middle of the ground. I was out on my own mm-hmm. and I was able to, kick a goal somehow and uh, <laughs> I came off the ground I did come back on after half time but I couldn't do mm. anything I couldn't move and then I needed surgery and that was it I didn't play mm. again so yeah it's nice to finish with 800 goals I guess and how did you make that decision to retire after surgery or did you think there was any possibility that you could come back I wanted to come back I did initially uh, I actually got through to uh, round 20 that year, I played a game for Coburg, actually, out at Coburg Oval. Um, mm. And I hurt my hammy a bit again in the first 10 minutes. So uh, I had to go and see the surgeon. And he said, look, you're probably going to need surgery again. We can see how you go. Damien Hardwick then took over the job at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He, gave, he gave me the opportunity to go on. But um, needing more surgery, uh, I probably wouldn't have played till, you know, midway through 2010 Wow! Uh, and I, I just thought look you, you're coming in Damien you're obviously going to bring in some young players he, they'd already delisted you know Joel not delisted but Joel Bowden had finished up Kane Johnson had finished up uh, Nathan Brown had finished up they, these mm-hmm. were all guys around my age so 
it just seemed like the timing was right with a new coach and some young uh, players coming in. Um, so then how did you make uh, the move, I guess, to the media side of the sport? Yeah, probably a little bit lucky, I guess. I guess that injury <laughs> in round five of 2009 helped, helped me in the end because I needed to think about the future. And I spoke to my manager and he said, look, you're going to be out for most of the year now. Why don't we see if we can get you a little bit of media work? Mm-hmm. Like like a Jack, like the guys do now on 360, yeah. like Jack Rewalt and, and guys like this. So, yeah, I did a few little uh, media things. There was a show on Channel 10 called One Week at a Time with Robert mm-hmm. Walls and Stephen Quartermain. I did that a little bit. I did some uh, uh, special comments on 3RW. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And I guess when I retired, I just hoped the phone would ring. And luckily mm-hmm. enough, it did. I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So how have you found your time in the media so far? Oh, you're like a fish uh, out of water when you first start, Max. Not like mm-hmm. you. I mean, <laughs> step straight in now, mate. You're fine. Um, yeah, look, you just learn as you go, Max. You know, you get thrown in the deep end a little bit. The camera comes on and, you know, you just got to see how you go. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I struggled a little bit early days. Um, yeah. You get the flow of it as you go. And uh, luckily, you know, my employers supported me through those first few years. No, no, I was working with some experienced uh, heads, you know, like mm-hmm. it, working with you, you got, you would love these guys, Max. I can tell that you, you're someone who wants to be a broadcaster. So mm-hmm. Dennis Cometti, yeah. Bruce McAvaney, um, mm-hmm. I was very lucky to work with those guys and, you know, I was able to learn a little bit from them, I guess. Can you sort of take me and guide me through your experience? I'll cover you in the 2017 AFL Grand Final. And I think you presented the Premiership Trophy asked Trent Cochin and Damien Harbour too. Yes, I, I did. I was very lucky. I was working that day for Channel 7 on the boundary mm-hmm. line. Um, I guess going into the game, Adelaide were favourites. The Adelaide mm-hmm. Pros were favourites. So, look, my expectations weren't that we were going to win. I thought we've just got here, which was fantastic. Yep. You know, we'd had a great run. Um, if we won, you know, I was hoping we'd win, but I actually thought the Crows were probably going to be the better team. Mm-hmm. But as the game wore on, you could just see Richmond's momentum that they'd built up over the last five or six weeks of the year and winning the first two finals. Um, you could just see that by about halfway through the last quarter, you knew they were going to win. Yeah. And, then, and then Dan Butler kicked a goal with mm-hmm. six minutes to go to put them seven goals up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, <laughs> even Lee Matthews says a goal a minute. I thought, well, they can't. And then seven goals in six minutes. So mm-hmm. that was when I sort of got a bit emotional and yeah, to be able to present the cup was a moment I'll never forget. Um, now this is from the rumor files. We've done this with uh, AFL legend, Tony Shaw too. Um, I heard you like the music. Was there ever, uh, I guess, an opportunity for that career to take off uh, if football didn't work out? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not, Max. <laughs> I can't sing. I definitely can't dance. Uh, but I love, I guess when you when you're playing sport, you know, you need an escape. You need yeah. something else to enjoy. So that was um, music for me. You know, after a game, I'd, you know, if there was a good show on, I'd love to go to a show and, mm-hmm. and you know, catch up with some friends and, and watch some music. And that was the one time of the week where you could switch off and not mm-hmm. think about football. So, yeah, that, that was a passion of mine. I still love it now. I love getting to gigs. We haven't been able to go to many, obviously, in the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, but there's a few coming up now in the new year, which I'm looking forward to going to. But... No, I can't sing and I cannot dance. Can't sing? No, nah, hope. No, nah, nah. <laughs> um, How do you think the Tigers will go in this next 2022 season? I'm always uh, 
you're always optimistic this time of year. Everyone's yeah. flying. All of your draft picks are going to be 300-game players at this yeah. stage. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. They've still got, you know, all their champions there. Yeah, they're getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after four years of being in the top four, you know, I think a few injuries took their toll last year. If they can get their important players fit again, mm-hmm. like being on Prestia, if Cochin can, you know, have a, have a, a solid year without being injured. Again, Shane Edwards was injured a lot. Um, and you get a bit of improvement from some of these younger guys like a Collier mm-hmm. Dawkins, you know, a Thompson Dow or, or a Martin, guys like that, a Sydney Stack. Yeah. We saw it. We saw Morris Rioli Jr. for a, a couple of games last year. If one of these guys really bobs up or one or two of them bob up and the, and the your veterans play well, I think Tom mm-hmm. Lynch, you know, Tom Lynch had some injuries last year. Um, so I think if if they can get everyone out on the ground, I think they're a good chance to play finals again. What about Melbourne? Do you think they can back up that grand final premiership experience? Yeah, look, if you look at Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, I mean, their list demographic, the age profile looks good. Mm-hmm. And they've got so many, you know, superstar players in each team. So mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if both of those teams aren't right there again. Early preseason grand final premiers? Oh, look, I'm, I just thought the way Melbourne dominated that last 40, 50 minutes of that grand final. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're hungry and, and they, you know, maintain the standard, they're going to be hard mm-hmm. to beat. So who do you think is the player to watch going into next season? Player to watch? Oh, look, I'm, I'll go a little bit probably even further left field than you think because he hasn't played a lot of footy, but mm-hmm. I love Harrison Jones yeah. at, um, at the Bombers. I think he's some of some of his marking that he took in games last year you know he had games where he took five and six contested marks and mm-hmm. you know he's built like a bit of string at the moment but he's six foot six and he can jump and he can run and you know i think he's confident in his own ability so i keep an eye out for him what do you think of nick dacos going to collingwood i think it's fantastic mm-hmm. i mean being a richmond man you're not meant to like collingwood but i love Peter <laughs> dacos mm-hmm. um, Get on YouTube or your young followers and look at uh, Peter Dacos. Mm-hmm. If he's anywhere near as good as his dad, Hollywood uh, <laughs> fans are going to be happy. Uh, what would be your best advice uh, to anyone who wants to be a successful footballer like yourself? Uh, look, I guess when you're young, don't, I mean, take it seriously, but enjoy mm-hmm. it. And, and I think as a young guy, you should play as many sports as you can because I think mm-hmm. if you play a lot of different sport, it really develops you know all of your you know all of your coordination um you get to experience different different angles different you know different different ways of playing different tactics and i think uh, i think if you can play as much sport as you can when you're young that's a good thing when you get into your mid-teens probably time to you know knuckle into whatever you want it to be and if it's football that's a great thing look i always thought um i always thought you've got to enjoy yourself yeah, and you've, you've got to work hard. Once you get to 15 or 16, you, you do need to make a few little sacrifices here or there um, and just never have the footy out of your hands. Never have the footy out of your hands and soak up as much knowledge as you can. Speak to, speak to older, you know, retired players and, and um, you know, chew their ear off and get some advice from them. I've got a little bit of yes or no now. Uh, yep. Questions. Christian Petrarca, um, Brownlow medalist, Next year, yes or no? I'll give you a yes on that. Why yeah. not? Is the mode for you here to stay next year? Well, it's meant to come off today, right? Is it? 
Oh, November, yes, it's November, yes. Just looking yes. at the corner of my computer here, it says the 1st of December. It's meant to come yeah. off today. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got attached to it. So I might, I yeah. might hang it. I might, might keep, might keep might, it until Christmas time. Might keep it until Christmas time. What do you think of uh, Wanganin Malera? Um, yes or no? Is he going to get a debut game this season for the Saints? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think teams love to throw young guys in. You used to have to play, you know, a fair bit of footy in the twos before you got a chance. But I think mm-hmm. I think coaches now and teams are, you know, I think they're happy to throw young guys in and see how they go. So, yeah, I'll say yes. Brett Voss going to take, uh, I think it's Brett, is it, at, the, at Carlton, going to take Carlton? Michael to, Voss. Michael Voss, sorry. Brett, Brett is Bugger, his brother. Yeah, Brett's no, his brother, yeah. Brett's his brother, Max, yeah. Is Michael going to take them to the top eight, yes or no? Uh, borderline. Oh, you know what? I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. I think they've got good key position uh, talent. Losing Liam Jones is a big out, though. Yeah. Uh, one last yes or no question. Tigers top four? Well, yes. Yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Richard, for coming on the podcast today and putting aside half an hour or so of your time uh, to come and have a chat. It's been an absolute honour. No, well done, Max. And uh, yeah, some really good questions, mate. And congratulations on what you're doing with your pod. Uh, Thanks, Richard. Greatly appreciated. Cheers, mate. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sporting Max. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube. And be sure to follow our socials. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. This is The Voice of Melbourne. And we'll see you back here real soon for another episode of... Sporting Max.